So I'm trying to work that all through. And, and sometimes you just have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to ask good questions because you just don't know, you just don't even know what the question is in your heart that you're struggling with. And, and I came to the realization that I have this picture of a, a good pastor being able to lay out good teaching and being able to do a good series. And, and I've, got, I've got this passion and this purpose and this vision burning in me regarding the kingdom of heaven, which I'm just going into and exploring. I've told you that. I'm, God's called me to go in after this, and I'm pursuing. I say, God, let somebody else preach because... I'm just going in and pursuing it, but he says, no, I've called you to be a trumpet, a troubadour. I've called you to be a herald of the kingdom, and you're going to announce it. And so that's what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm looking at the kingdom, and, I'm, and, and the frustration is, I don't fully know where we're going, but I know we're going there. Hallelujah. And I can't fully package it. So how am I going to do these nice little series? Now, you may not struggle with that stuff, but I'm just being real with you. Because one, maybe one day you'll be there, okay? <laughs> and then what God did to me was he gave me a picture, and you've seen, you've seen this, you've seen it on video and TV, maybe right in, uh, in live, where there's an artist that's doing a, a picture, and they're painting, and they're putting all kinds of things on the board, and you're looking at it, and you're going, I have no idea what they're painting. What is that? And it just seems like it's just a bunch of colors and markers and splashes. And you go, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And then all of a sudden, the light comes on. I actually watched one of these where a lady was in a contest. And she was painting and whatnot. And it looked like she was painting one thing, but it wasn't coming out very good. And they were ready to cut her off. And she got it done just before the buzzer. And the light came on, and it was an absolute masterpiece. But even the judges couldn't see. And so, what I sense God saying to me is, I'm just splashing paint on the canvas. He's the one that's going to turn on the light. And it's not up to me to create these series. I'm just going to speak out of the passion of my heart. Hallelujah. He's going to turn the light on. Okay? And in the end, we're going to see the reality of his kingdom. And if you're willing to go with me while I splash paint on a canvas, that's good. Hallelujah. So let's pray today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. I pray that you would allow me to stand here as I stand in your presence and to be able to speak your word as though it were just simply praise coming from my heart to you. And that your Holy Spirit would open the ears and the eyes. I pray that you would give to us an, a humility. In fact, I proclaim a humility that those who somehow believe they're far ahead would be able to open their hearts and actually hear. And those who feel like they they can't hear or understand, would open their hearts and receive wisdom and understanding from your throne. Fill this place with your spirit. Spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing through this place. A spirit of understanding causing our minds to be enlightened. So it's as though that switch goes off inside of us 
And God, we become alive. I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to speak again about being born again. Last week I spoke about it, but some of you wouldn't know because you weren't here. So for you, it's a brand new sermon. Hallelujah. Probably half the people here that would represent. The other half, they already got kind of part of it. And some of the rest of you, it's just really good for you that I go over this and move on with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So first of all, one of the things that I wanted to emphasize last week is that Jesus came announcing, preaching, ministering, demonstrating the kingdom of heaven. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the idea of a king and the idea of a kingdom is God's idea. It's not man's idea. The idea of king and kingdom originated with God. Any earthly representation of that kingdom that has been ruled under men is a poor representation. But God is the king eternal. The scriptures say, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory might come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Hallelujah. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. 1 Timothy 1.17 talks about him as the king immortal. The king of the ages, the invisible king, the invisible kingdom, to him be honor and glory forever and ever. In Malachi 1 verse 14, he says, I am a great king, the Lord of hosts. My name will be feared among the nations. So all I'm saying is, we could go on and on with, with a number of scriptures, but what I'm saying is, The idea of king and kingdom, hallelujah, is God's idea. And he is the great, mighty, eternal king of kings and lord of lords. And his kingdom is eternal. It will never end. And he as a great king sought to establish the realm, to expand the realm of his kingdom, to display the glory of his kingdom. And he created the universe to display the greatness and the majesty and the might and the power of his kingdom. And he created the earth as a physical representation of his kingdom. And he created mankind to share with him as heirs within his kingdom. This is God's idea. This is God's plan and purpose. And we as men have been going through the scriptures. All of the law and the prophets recognizing that God is absolutely determined. This, right from the beginning, he has not relented, regardless of the cost to himself, he has not relented from having a people that would be his own. Hallelujah. That he would be their God and they would be his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I want to give a a definition of kingdom again. Kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory. 
impacting it with his will, his power, so that it manifests his purpose, his plan, and his character, producing a citizenry, a people who express his culture and reflect his nature. I'm going to say that again. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will and with his power so that his territory, his kingdom, manifests his purpose, his plan, his character. Producing a citizenry, a people who express, who represent his culture and reflect his nature. A kingdom is not a kingdom without a king. A kingdom reflects the very will and purpose, the very nature and character of the king that rules over it. It's not like a president. A king has full ownership over the territory and over the people within his territory. He is not voted in. He comes in by legal right. He does not require people's approval. He moves according to his will. If he is a glorious, a good, a righteous, a benevolent, a kind, a mighty king then his kingdom and the people within his kingdom will reflect the influence of his will and of his purpose. If he is a wicked king, if he entertains those that are unjust and those that are oppressive, then that kingdom will be filled with that. If he is not integrous, if he is not a man of his word, that will be reflected within his kingdom and no one can challenge his authority. That's the nature of a king. So everything to do with his rule and reign within our lives has to do with us in relationship to him. So the question is, God's kingdom is at hand, it is here. I was thinking about the scripture that you were talking about because Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees when he says the kingdom of heaven is among you. It wasn't within them, it was among them. Why was the kingdom of heaven among them? Because the king was there. The king was there. Sickness bowed at his authority. The demons bowed at his authority. He spoke truth and people recognized he's speaking as a, with an authority that others do not have. The king was in their midst. Hallelujah. But for us who have believed on him, who have received him, Within our hearts, the kingdom of God is not only among us, but the kingdom of God is within us. Hallelujah. His rule and reign within our lives. How do you enter into that kingdom? So I want you to understand when Jesus, this was the emphasis that I was going for last week, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again. He was not talking about the idea of saying a prayer so that you can be assured of escaping hell and going to heaven. He was actually talking about a kingdom. The kingdom that was here represented by his presence among them. 
He was actually talking about the rule and reign, the, the realm over which God's, the influence of God's will and power is moving. And he's saying, you cannot enter into that realm and come under that influence unless you are born again. He wasn't talking about a a, a formula by which you could get some kind of a label on your collar that says you are born again so that when you're going through the conveyor belt and they're choosing who can go into heaven, they look at your label and go, oh, that one's born again. That, that one said the prayer, they're born again. That one said the prayer, they're born again. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that you cannot actually live under the influence and reign of God unless you are born again. But he, he went beyond that. So you need to understand. It's not this formula, you must be born again, because he went on to say so many other things. He went on to say, unless you turn and become like little children, you can't enter under the influence of God. If you're going to be living in the sophistication of your human reasoning, you're going to be bucking God all the time. If you're going to be living in, in the realm of, of your pride and your arrogance so that your opinion is, uh, is vaunting itself against God, you cannot live in the realm where His influence and His power can manifest itself in your life. You're living in your own kingdom, not His. Unless you become as a little child and learn how to trust His Word and trust in His care and trust in His keeping and yield your mind to Him, you cannot come under his reign. Unless you receive it as a little child, unless you put aside the idea of you deserving it and earning it and working for it, and you just receive it like a little child, you cannot enter in and receive the benefits of living under his care. You can't. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Do you understand? He's not talking about some kind of formula to escape hell and go to heaven. He's talking about actually entering into under the reign of God. I know I'm affronting, I'm, I'm, I'm affronting kind of a, how do I fit this into my, 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 my religious puzzle? He said it's really, really hard for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. To come under the influence of God's rule and reign. Because that person's identity, that person's security, that person's abilities are all linked to their riches. And so it's really hard. Listen, you cannot serve God and serve mammon. You've got to choose whose kingdom you're under. You, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Paul said, he said, it's through great tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, if you think this is going to be like a, a, you know, a, a nice little you know, picnic, that's not what's going to happen because if you're actually coming under the influence of the king, you are going to be going against the influence of the world. You're going to be going against the influence of your own flesh. You're going to be going against demonic powers who want to resist his rule and reign within your life. So if you think that you're going to be having a nice little picnic ride coming in, that's not the way it is. Those who would come under the reign of God are going to experience pressure, resistance, and opposition. Guys, that's the pathway in. Do you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So when he was saying, you must be born again, I laid out all those scriptures for you to make you understand. He wasn't talking. He, in fact, he never told Nicodemus to say the little prayer. He forgot that. He forgot it. He forgot it. He should have put it in there, but he never said it. Because that's not what he was talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, let's go to that scripture. Get your Bibles out because you're going to walk with me and I have no idea how far I'm going to get, but I'm just going to get where I'm going to get. There's so much burning in my heart and I have no idea which direction we're going in. But just turn with me to John chapter 3. And I'm just going to slow down. I'm not in a hurry to get, get somewhere. I just want to want you to walk with me. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler. He was a teacher of the Jews. He was very well learned and very well respected. But he came to Jesus by night because he didn't want to ruin his reputation. <laughs> and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. Because no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with you. Oh, Jesus was so flattered by that. Oh man, okay, this religious ruler, this, this great teacher among the Jews, hallelujah, recognized that Jesus too was a teacher, hallelujah, sent from God and, because no one could do these miracles, hallelujah. And Jesus says to him, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Listen, buddy, let me just put this really straight. Okay, listen, buddy. The person who's standing before you is just not a nice little teacher sent from God. The person who's standing before you is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The person who's standing before you is the Son of God. Hallelujah. The person who is speaking to you is a person who has all authority. Hallelujah. And you're, you look at me and you see me as just a teacher? Unless you are born again, you cannot even see what you're dealing with here. Remember, Jesus did this exercise with his disciples. Who do men say that I am? Oh, they say that you're a prophet, you're Jeremiah, you're this, you're that. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. That's the anointed king. It must have shocked him when it came out of his, his mouth. You are the Christ, the anointed king. The son of the living God. Oh man, they, he, he didn't even understand what he was talking about. Okay, remember when Jesus spoke, hallelujah, and the, the wind and the waves obeyed him, and they go, what kind of a man is this? I had no idea. You are the Christ, the anointed king, the Messiah who we have been longing for, the one who will take the throne of David and rule over the nations. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. Hallelujah. And, and Jesus looks at him and goes, Peter, I know you're a bright boy, but you did not get that on your own. You just did not get that on your own. You got this because my Father gave you a revelation so you could actually see who it is that's in front of you. Hallelujah. But Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
What's Jesus talking about? Then down in verse 5, Jesus says, Now, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, he's thinking with human reasoning. He's heard Jesus say to him, Unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And he's thinking with human reasoning, and it's a great one for Mother's Day. How is it possible that I can enter back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? I don't understand. Jesus did this all on purpose because he's a teacher. And Nicodemus is, is struggling now with the concept. I don't understand. So he's thinking with human reasoning. And Jesus says to him in in verse 5, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Now I said last week that that word born again, it can be born a second time or born anew from above. Jesus is talking about being born anew from above. Nicodemus is struggling with the idea of being born a second time out of my mother's womb. He's struggling with his human reasoning. Jesus is bringing revelation. He says, Nicodemus, unless you are born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. This must take place. There, there is something that must take place, hallelujah, that you cannot accomplish on your own. I mean, think how ridiculous it is. Nicodemus is trying to figure out how, what it is he can do to accomplish to get into the kingdom of heaven. And this picture is really weirding him out because he's thinking, okay, in order to get into the kingdom of heaven, I've got to crawl back into my mother's womb. This just doesn't make any sense. And, and what Jesus is saying is, In order to come into the kingdom of heaven, there is absolutely nothing you can do. It has to be done for you. You have to be born of water and of the Spirit. This is an operation of God. This is an operation of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Hallelujah. Born of water and of the Spirit. I want you to turn with me to Titus chapter 3, verse 5, because this is what I believe that he's talking about. There's lots of different commentaries on this, but this is what I think he's talking about. I'm just going to start reading from the beginning of chapter 3 in Titus. Normally I'd be rushing down to the verse where I think I'm supposed to be. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Guys, welcome to the new me. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing the days in malice and envy, hated by others, And hating one another. That's who we used to be. Now I'm telling you, your behavior is going to change. He says, but when the goodness and the loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us, not by works done by us in righteousness, 
but according to his own mercy. Oh, I love that. I love it. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. Do you know his name? Do you know his name? When the goodness and loving kindness, hallelujah, of God our Savior appeared. Do you know his name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he appeared, hallelujah, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, hallelujah, but according to his own mercy, hallelujah, hallelujah, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, the washing of regeneration, Uh, he said to Nicodemus, you have to be born of water and of the Spirit. This is what I believe he's talking about. Nicodemus understood what I called last week the, the mikvah, the, the waters of purification, so that if you wanted to convert from being a Gentile to being a Jew, you had to go down into these waters and be purified. And in that, you were saying, I am leaving my old life behind and I am now becoming a Jew. It's the waters of purification. He understood that. But Jesus was talking about a washing that was so much more significant than that washing of purification. He was talking about the washing of regeneration, which happens which happens when we outwardly and we publicly enter into the waters of baptism. But even the waters of baptism are only speaking of a reality that is so far beyond baptism. If you just do baptism as a ritual, that's all it is, is a ritual. But if you step into baptism as a reality, ho, 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 this is so much more. When you step into baptism as the reality that as I go into this water, hallelujah, my old life, with all of its sin and all of its failure, with all of my old nature is being washed away from me. Hallelujah. It is the removal of everything from my past. Everything from my old behavior and my old identity is being washed away. But what does that water represent? It represents my death and burial with Christ. Hallelujah. Why? Because my sin was nailed to the cross with Christ. Hallelujah. And it was, it was taken away from me. It was placed on him and it was crucified. It was condemned to death and it, it suffered wrath so that my sin was destroyed on the cross. My sin nature was united with Christ so that when Christ died, my sin nature died. Hallelujah. So that I enter into, when I enter into that burial, I am saying I step into the reality, hallelujah, that my old life, my old behavior, my old sin, my old nature, my old identity, my old way of living, my old way of thinking, my old way of responding is buried because it was crucified with Christ. It's gone. Hallelujah. It is washed away. Hallelujah. But not just that. Not just that. Hallelujah. But by the power of the Spirit, I am united with Christ and I am raised to a brand new life. Now understand, I am coming, hallelujah, not out of my mother's womb a second time. Hallelujah. I am coming 
into life anew by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I am coming into life anew, united with Christ. My life is not separate from Christ anymore. My life is not separate from Christ anymore. Hallelujah. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And when Christ, who is my life, shall appear, then you're going to see me too, and I'm going to look just like him. Why? Because his life was placed in me. His life is growing in me. His life is, is maturing in me and bearing fruit in me. I am no longer the same. I've been born from above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if that is not your reality, if what you've done is joined a religion to try to earn God's favor, you are never going to come under the reign and the rule of Christ in your life. Hallelujah. You're not even going to know why you need to carry an ongoing relationship with the king. You're not even going to understand why your heart needs to be open moment by moment to this, this new life living in me. You're going to think of prayer in the morning as my devotions and my duty and reading the Bible as something onerous that I have to go through. You're not going to be recognizing that this is communion with the new life that's in me and this is allowing him to speak into my life so that his, li- his word is actually my life. I live Hallelujah, by every word that comes out of his mouth, it forms in me my identity. It forms in me my destiny. It forms in me my character. What he speaks to me is forming new life in me because I have been born again. And if that's not what you're entering into, you have entered into religion, not the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm preaching to you is very good. It's very good. And I have not even got started on what's burning in my heart this morning. Hallelujah. But I have no intention, hallelujah, of backing off or away or trying to package it. Let's do a nice conclusion. Let's do an altar call. Ain't gonna happen. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Hallelujah. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound, but you do not know where it's coming from. So it is with everyone who is born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who are born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. There is an unseen influence that comes into their lives. That's the influence of the king. There is an unseen influence that comes into their lives. And it permeates every part of their being, every moment of their day. An unseen influence comes into their lives. Hallelujah. And you see the effects of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you can't see it. Hallelujah. And you can't control it. The unseen influence of the King within our lives. 
you have no idea where this is going. I want you to know that when, as we begin to preach and as we go, this is going to offend you. Marilyn, I want you to know. Well, probably not you, because you're a saint. It's going it's to offend some, some people here. Because when he's your life, when your old way of thinking and your old way of responding and your old attitudes and everything that is common to man and everything that you have learned by growing up within the world system, when that has died and that has been buried and that has been removed, and when I have been raised united with Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah, then when Dave speaks something to me, that's offensive. I like to pick him because you could never imagine him doing that. When he speaks something to me that's offensive, that's hurtful, he responds to me in a way that's constantly irritating. Well, <laughs> if it's no longer me that's living, I am never justified in responding to you in a loving way. In fact, how you respond to me has no bearing on my identity, my character. It has no bearing whatsoever. Why? Because I actually died. And I have come under a new rule, the rule of one who lives inside of me. And Sharon, you might come to me and say, listen, I am very sympathetic towards you. Tell me all of your problems, Bob. Tell me how difficult a person Dave is. I understand why you're responding in that way. Hallelujah. And the gospel is going to come and it's going to say, your sympathy towards me is a lie. It's ungodly. And my words against him is a lie. It's not who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. And it has no place. Can you imagine Christ standing here and saying those things? No matter what it is. Because if you can imagine Christ responding that way from the cross then you're justified in doing it. But if not, I have no permission to respond to you out of what seems right to me, out of what's my sympathies, my self-pity, myself. I have no... I am here to represent the new life that's in me. That's it. Oh, no, 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 stand up. I love you, Dave. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Hallelujah. He's an easy one to love. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Hallelujah. If you are actually on board to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, this thing will turn you upside down and inside out. And I found myself before God just saying, God, ah, completely, completely uncondemned, but completely undone. Completely uncondemned, but completely undone. If I'm going to come. But if you think you can enter in under, under the reign of God by saying a little prayer and attending church and never having things disrupted as far as how you think, how you behave, what you value, how you respond, if you think that you can enter in under the reign of God that way, ain't going to happen. Hallelujah. But I want you to know when you come under his reign, the change and transformation that takes place in your life is absolutely priceless. Hallelujah. So let's just pray. Father, how much you love us. You see how much the reality of sin
corrupted us, and you knew there was absolutely no way that we could deal with that. And so you made a way. Oh, man, I, 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 Father, I didn't even get to touch on, like, even a small fraction of what we were talking about. Like, how, how are we going to get there? But, Father, you, you made a way. You made a way. And you, you did it all, and you, you did it so that we could believe in it, God, we could hear what it is that you did for us. We could respond in our hearts and say, I believe, I receive it. We could confess it with our mouths and say, I have been born again. I am a new creation. Hallelujah. The old is gone. The new is here. I'm on an adventure to learn who I actually was created to be. I'm on an adventure to learn who Christ is in me. And Father, as I declare from my mouth, the faith that's processing through my heart. Grace comes to make it my reality to do in me and create in me that which I cannot do and create on my own. Lord, your grace is here. Your grace is for us. Your grace is abundant. Your grace is beyond anything that we, God, could understand. Your grace will make the difference. Your grace will transform our lives. Lord, I call for your grace to be released in this place, that each person would be a partaker of the grace of God flowing down by faith, believing who you are and what you've done for us. Hallelujah. God, I couldn't get it all into words this morning. But I'm asking that, God, you would begin to awaken something within the spirits of your people. That, God, they would become hungry to come into your presence to talk to you. They would become hungry to, God, uh, take out their beliefs and begin to dust them off and find out, what, man, these things are life-changing. What have I, why, why? Why did I put them in some little drawer? I need these beliefs. I need to be confessing them and receiving them and feasting on them. I need to be receiving who you are so that God, these people, these precious people can experience God. Hallelujah. Things that they've been dancing around and singing around, but God not entering fully in to know. And God, that goes for me too. You know I'm not preaching above, God. You know I'm right here, and I'm just saying, God, this is for me too. Hallelujah. And God, no matter what it is that I'm facing or what it is that I'm feeling, hallelujah, none of that matters, God. What is absolutely solid, hallelujah, is what you have done in Christ so that I could be born again into new life. Hallelujah. Bless these, your people. Hallelujah. Bless the mums today. Hallelujah. Bless families today. Bless homes today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.